This is the EPLOG audio experience. As professionals and as entrepreneurs, we come with a certain privilege. The privilege of knowing and experiencing the world as it is. However, we often forget about those who may not experience it like we do due to challenges that may be either physical or psychological. How can one be truly inclusive at work? What are some of the things we take for granted and some things we must be mindful of when dealing with people around us and being truly inclusive to the diverse workforce? Welcome to Voice of Achievers with me, Yashika. Pleased to have you all meet Upasna Makati, the founder of Whiteprint, India's first English lifestyle magazine in Braille. Upasna began her career as a PR and communications professional. She turned entrepreneur in 2013 when she founded Whiteprint. She's also been an author for children talking about diversity and inclusion. She's an active DNI advocate and consultant. And we are really happy that she's here to talk to us about some of the things that we actually take for granted. So happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Yashika. Talk to us about inclusion in the workplace. I mean, there's so much conversation about diversity and inclusion yet uh, when it comes to action. Uh, we don't really know what is it that we should be mindful of or we should be doing uh, to be able to become more inclusive as professionals. I think, first of all, um, there is a lot of tokenism uh, that, that goes around, especially in, in a very diverse land like India. You know, we are still grappling with a lot of different issues at our own level, which is why DNI in the Indian context is a completely different ballgame altogether. You know, we start with a lot of casteism, we then move on to persons with disabilities, there is the LGBTQ, there is a gender voice. So there is a lot of diversity in DNI in itself. Yeah, know? there's also so the class different. barrier, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is a big challenge. So whenever I also talk to people in the Indian context, it's always about how we need to look at one aspect at a time, not to try to achieve the bigger changes, but look at every small little thing that you can do that can make a world of a difference, right? So I, I, I have read this quote, and I think uh, it's it's stayed with me that if diversity is having, you know, inviting everybody to the party, inclusion is nothing but making sure that everyone is dancing at the party. Nice. You know, yeah, exactly what it is in all our workforces that you want to have representation, but you also then need to make sure that you're listening to each group of people. For instance, gender, right? Gender is a very big topic, but if you want to have a gender diverse workforce, you can't only hire women. You can't just hire women and then sit back. Right. You also then need to make sure that you're listening to women, but you're also listening to men. Hmm. Right. Like you need to have that balance. So it's not that we just need to focus on one because then we're not being inclusive. Inclusive and inclusion is nothing but listening to one and all and then taking the necessary steps. So definitely when it comes to this, there are like, for instance, persons with disabilities. A lot of tokenism that happens uh, where corporates hire persons with disabilities, but then don't know what to do about it. Hmm. Either they are just hired because there is, you know, a quota that needs to be filled in. And then there is no sense of, okay, you know what, like, for what we need to be mindful of is 
for instance if you're hiring somebody uh, from uh, you know person with say blindness you're hiring right uh, you need to make sure that the laptop you give that person has certain softwares like a person with blindness requires a voice over function a screen reading software right so if you are hiring somebody somebody like that then it is upon you to first do your background research you know about what all is needed but what are you doing it's not these are not special allowances these are just that this person requires this particular software that's about it hire on credit hire on merit most of the world keeps telling me that you're doing such a great job no it's not a great job it's just trying to understand that there is such a huge gap and trying to make the most of that gap you know so if you're hiring somebody with uh, who's the person with blindness you might be doing so much uh, you know for the rest of your staff and your workforce which most people who hire don't realize so you know this is an interesting point you bring up you talk about one must ensure that their the, the digital stuff or when say they are getting a laptop there is there are certain you know certain functionalities in in the digital domain now how can right. one actually ensure that they are being inclusive while giving these functionalities what can these functionalities be because we are now stepping into a completely digital world correct so uh, most importantly when you're building as a designer or as a say if you're even building a website okay uh, one needs to look at and there are a lot of guidelines given already available uh, on the internet that will give you guidelines on how as a designer you need to develop certain key functions on your website that will make the website accessible right hmm. so how accessible for instance if you're putting up a video you make sure that you have captions on the video right yeah like right. now instagram gives you that option where you go and select auto captions on right. so every igtv video has captions now what does that do is if there's somebody who is deaf who's consuming your content or who is on your team then automatically can understand what's going on in the video so yes it might take you a couple of uh extra steps to say oh yeah i need to add captions uh say if i'm put posting a picture or you have a picture on your website then there is a label on that picture that says what is the image description okay so those things are very easy to done like to to be done like for instance wix as a platform has enough opportunities for you to label every image it asks you do you want to put an image description once you put that and why is that image description there it's primarily because Uh, a person with blindness who uses a screen reader will get to know what that image is mm, so right. as say a creator of content as a producer say of a film or as just somebody who is manufacturing products why wouldn't you want everyone and anyone to buy your product uh, i'm a person with blindness i still use a toothpaste so why wouldn't you want to advertise for say in a braille magazine you know as simple as that it's it's very common yeah. sense but it's just that you know we've been layered with these preconceived notions that we need to break those barriers to ensure that we have a very inclusive uh, you know attitude and i think that's a great way to look at it then you need to make sure that you know you've given your uh, your the rest of the employees you've taught them basic sign language what are the three, know, three simple steps that uh, upasna that the workforce or number one employers and professionals can take to make the environment more inclusive what are the three Correct. simple steps so it is sensitizing your staff 
you know, sensitizing even your top level management. Once you sensitize them, you know, towards persons with disabilities, towards gender inclusion, when you do those things, when you address the elephant in the room, you've taken away a lot of problems from your, uh, you know, from your team because a lot of people don't want to talk about the LGBTQ community, right? right. Uh, once you talk about it, so have a discussion, you know, have active conversations about it. Secondly, sensitize your staff for this. There are there are numerous people who do sensitization workshops. Develop that in your system, yeah. you know, and have those policies in your system. And then make sure that you are even implementing those, that this doesn't remain as tokenism, but you actually implement the smaller, uh, you know, things in your workforce. And I think that's what makes, for instance, as a part of sensitization, there's also importance about making your own social media more accessible yeah you know towards the community so these are very small steps but they go a very long way tell us because tell us about talk to us about few more small steps that people actually can take like so on social media like i i always tell people that most people don't know there is something called as alternate text that is available uh to be mentioned on every platform be it your facebook instagram and twitter all you need to do is add a line to that edit alternate text and that ensures that everyone and anyone who's even blind will be able to read your content oh, really? so as a content creator absolutely like as a content creator why wouldn't you want say an entire community of persons with blindness to follow you you know like you get more followers that is what you intend to do so by just adding one single description about i'm wearing a gray striped shirt and i'm wearing specs and i've tied my hair and there's a green background the person knows what image it is, right? right? So they understand what you are, what's the content you've created. That means you are sensitized enough and you're aware enough that you're going to be creating universally. So this is one very, very small step that, you know, all of us and all of us, who, who, all of them who are listening can also take. And uh, that, that I think uh, makes a lot of difference. Talk to us about uh, Braille literacy, Upasana, and why do you think it is important? So in the workplace scenario, I'm not too sure about how it integrates. But yes, for instance, if you're a restaurant, you know, why not print one extra menu card in Braille as well? If you have like now, ever since all of them had the digital barcode. Uh, I was just going based, to ask, you know, the, now that most of us are scanning that uh, that menu, how can right. now, uh, th- how can that Literally. be made uh, more inclusive? So, like, so you can test it out. Like, you know, is your, when you've made that, you can easily test out whether uh, the voiceover function, for instance, on Apple, uh, on all iPhones, you have a voiceover. Is the menu card being read by that voiceover function? You know, so once you do that, you have digital accessibility. Read a little bit more about digital accessibility online. For instance, Word documents are absolutely uh, accessible to persons who are using those kind of softwares. You know, there are times PDFs don't open. So you need to try and, you know, like that curiosity should be there that you want your content to be read widely or you want your website to be read widely you know so if your website doesn't have an image description next time i wouldn't want to visit it yeah you know there are there are numerous apps that are built like for instance during the lockdown a lot of these things came up that you know all your these grocery buying apps and you know delivery apps are not accessible apps so imagine these big tech giants who built this are unable to focus on accessibility you know so people need to be more aware about it and i think then it can happen on its own 
Okay, when uh, organizations have, you know, team outings and now there are virtual meetings, how do you Correct. think organizations can make these team meetings or these team outings more inclusive from the employer's oh, point of view? Definitely. Like, uh, for instance, you know, planning, say if you're planning an offsite, plan it with somebody who plans accessible trips. So even if you have somebody on a wheelchair, you know, are you calling, are you making a call and asking uh, the hotel that uh, do you have accessible washrooms, you know, or do you have a room where the wheelchair can be taken on a ramp? You know, making those conscious calls and decisions so that you made your employee feel more cared for, right? Like you don't, the employee doesn't want sympathy. Like I, I, I must mention this, that a lot of people, you know, even if they see somebody who's blind, they'll just hold their uh, arm and they'll want to make them cross. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. This is so common. Is, yeah, exactly. You know, or if there's somebody on a wheelchair, be like, oh, you let me just like, you know, take you around. But that's, that's, that's absolutely unacceptable. The only way to go about this is consent. Hmm. You know, you ask that person, do you want help? If the person says no, respect it. Like I know somebody who's been like, she's like, oh, you know what? But I don't want to cross the road. She's like, no, no, no. I'll make you cross. I'll make you cross. And as as forced them to cross the road. And they're like, okay, you know what? I never wanted to cross the road. So basically ask for consent. And if once you, when the person has said no, be respectful to take it because it's not that everybody is, you know, wanting to be dependent. They are super independent if you give them that opportunity. So definitely ask, uh, make those reservations. There are companies like say Planet Able, uh, you know, which which plans and helps plan accessible trips. Mm. You know, so if there are, if, uh, if you have hired a couple of people with different disabilities, like multiple, they'll help you plan that as well. So there are resources out there which you can take. On the digital front, again, if you have a deaf employee, then, you know, are you getting a sign language interpreter on board? You know, who's interpreting the whole thing for you? You know, for instance, I have gone to a concert where there was a sign language interpreter who was interpreting every song that was being played by the band. Lovely. So, you know, even if there are, say, 10 people attending it, why wouldn't you want to make it super accessible for them too? So as an employee, you have won brownie points, you know, like you've been like, okay, you know what? I care. Yeah. And you genuinely care. Then at every offside, it becomes a norm. And then you've normalized something that for the outside world seems very, oh, this is great. But the, the main function, the main idea always is to normalize disability or is to normalize diversity, right? Once you normalize it, it becomes very easy for you to even approach it with a very open mind. Uh, you know, this is a very important aspect that you bring up. When you're talking about normalization, there is sympathy and there is empathy you also spoke about Absolutely. it now and there's a very fine line of difference when you're addressing persons with disability or you know just like you mentioned the example of having people cross the road or helping them cross the road yeah. what is that uh, line of difference between sympathy and empathy and what is it that we should know Definitely. Like, so sympathy comes very naturally because we've been conditioned that way. You know, we feel like, oh, when you see a person with, you know, like somebody who's crossing the road with a cane, a white cane, uh, a very easy reaction for a parent would be, see how, how unfortunate that person is, you know, that he's, he's using a white cane and he's blind. See, you have everything, you know, then why do you complain? These are sowing seeds of sympathy in that child and also the fact that they're not equal. Right. But if you 
you know were to address the same situation a little differently as a parent or as a caregiver that oh wow you know see like you know we are walking on our feet but he's using a wheelchair you know that he's just that he's doing a doing the same thing a little differently so in in that way you automatically told the child that this is normal it's different but it's normal like it's okay this is his way this is your way right you know so definitely like this is what we do with our children's books that we feel like if we are able to change that mindset right at the beginning hmm. you know we definitely hope for a better more inclusive tomorrow we've seen that like when i do a lot of sensitization workshops for children as well in schools these questions come up you know that these questions come up by children that oh wow i didn't know but you know like saba is running a marathon as well but it's just that she's doing it you know with a guide like i didn't know that that can also be done so it's just an introducing the child to information and then he gets it on his own you know so i think that is what we need to do like shift our gears from sympathy because nobody loves or enjoys sympathy you know right. somebody who is blind also will not want to always feel like i'm dependent on the whole world for something as normal as crossing the road right you know they are taught how to be independent they learn the skill so just the way you learn how to walk the road and your parent is holding the hand and taking you they also learn it the same way so the whole othering aspect is what we need to stop doing and i think once that basic mindset changes a lot of things fall in place you know talking uh, about traveling the world uh, traveling the road on your own when you shifted gears from uh, mm. and moved from being a professional to being an entrepreneur tell us what right. moved and what is it that changed what are the things that you have experienced from the diversity point of view have you been looked at differently Oh uh, so when i started it was for me it was more about chasing an idea that was not done before so i was making my own rules to be very honest i didn't have a case study that i could follow yeah. it was difficult it was fun it was everything combined but yeah i had the ability to understand that this is a different path and i am allowed to make mistakes mm. so that really shaped my uh, journey Yeah. you know but i just felt that a conversation led me to believe that oh my god this is important and then i worked towards it right so definitely a lot of shift from being and of course i had literally worked only for one year before i started white print i was fresh out of college then i worked for a year and then uh, you know i started the magazine so all i knew was that i wanted to do this yeah and i just took on you know i literally didn't have enough time and i just had so much enthusiasm to do this that i didn't give myself any time to think like oh did i if i take a job i'm going to earn more money and you know nothing ever really really bothered me but opasna is enthusiasm enough it's been a decade since you've been running this on your own has enthusiasm been enough or and has that you know sort of led you to the path that you wanted to what are the challenges that you faced No of course see enthusiasm is not always enough but i always feel you need to back yourself up up more than anyone else you know would ever do for you because 
uh, if i did there, there have been i mean my highs have been highs but my lows have been extremely lows as well where i felt like oh my god had i taken a job my financial status would have been very different right but uh, then I, when i look at it i feel like okay at least i had the courage to do something and maybe 20 years down the line i'll never regret that i never tried knowing your priorities straight is extremely important and then after that also backing that priority that you have made you know you have chosen because i think we are we are sort of responsible for the actions we take so if i'm not confident i don't chase that idea but you know as the young workforce as young people enter into the workforce how how do you see the future of diversity and inclusion any two things that you feel they must keep in mind uh, futuristically right i think since there are you know our startup ecosystem is growing exactly. uh, you know at a crazy pace which is which is phenomenal uh, i think from the very foundation if you are able to practice universal design if you are able to practice uh, more diverse policies then you don't need to go like 5 years later and then clean up your mess yeah, yeah? yeah. so i think you're more aware more mindful of doing all this at the very beginning and understanding that diversity only is not for tokenism it is understanding how fabulous the process can become like i'll give you an example so sadaf is is has been a reader of whiteprint and she also now works in the hr space and uh, somebody where you know she came for a talk asked her that you know you body language is such an important aspect of hr right because you need to talk to that person but what she said was so amazing that yes because i'm blind my my focus is on the voice of that person there are times i'm able to gauge what a sighted person might not be able to gauge in terms of body language hmm. you know and that has added so much diversity in the hr department that the company is extremely uh, you know they they think that they need to more hire more people from the community because it it does work for them so there are things that as a person you might have a blinder against hmm. but uh, once you try it and once you try it on merit you know that hire that person on merit for the job he or she is qualified as then you see the difference but yes i feel like dni has a very very positive impact impact on the organization and if one is able to understand that at the foundation it can make a lot of difference even for startups because startups technically don't even have a quota i mean in that sense yeah exactly but yeah definitely why not for instance the there's this product where i've given my voice to it's called ami it teaches kids braille so it's not that there are only these people who are blind are working on it right the founders are sighted but they also have uh, people from the community because they need to understand that better hmm. so you know find your uh, sort of where you think you can apply the best skills and judge on merit like i had an intern okay like i had no idea I just put out put it out on social media and in turn was working with me only on phone calls like i i chose so many people and then i finally finalized on one person and when i finalized uh, that person for about 3 weeks i didn't know that he's blind because i'd always spoken to him on the phone so my hiring criteria was pure merit because i could a see conviction in his emails and and when i spoke to him he was super confident was willing to you know try out different because as a startup uh, you know i had to do everything and i still do everything on my own you know so i needed that person to be okay with doing everything that not only i i'll only do marketing i'll need you to do research as well 
but he, he was like i rejected the rest 10 candidates that i had but i didn't choose him because he was blind not at all i didn't know he was blind right. until 3 weeks of working with him because i asked him he's like yeah yeah i've read white print but i'm like oh so you uh, you read braille he's like yeah i'm blind so you know that was like that's a moment of like this is what is important you right. know for it and honestly it was one of my best working uh, best bond relationship that i'd ever had beautiful talking of which tell us upasna what does achievement mean to you oh my god that's a tough question i think achievement is that i'm able to sort of sleep every night in peace and with that you know when i get a call from my reader or somebody like i recently uh, got a call like as soon as the second lockdown ended that i could survive the lockdown because of rereading white print issues that for me was was an achievement in, in itself because i think uh, we we sort of overlook those aspects numerous times you know we we fail to understand the smaller joys of life mm-hmm. but this for me was a big victory but yes definitely i would say that achievement also means sticking to your financial goals your capacity and not feeling i think uh, the first few years of my work relationship most of the world sort of looked down upon the fact that i wanted to make money because i'm like why not mm. so i wouldn't get paid to be speaking at corporate events i wouldn't you know but now then i started saying no and started learning how to do that right because uh, ultimately i need to pay my own bills and i have my own financial goals so sticking to that is also achievement so i'm learning i'm still learning that it's work in progress but definitely very important part of achievement is sticking to your own goals lovely and uh, to more cute more people like you more power uh, opasna and uh, thank you so much for these insights i'm hoping that uh, the world will be a much better place when we become more inclusive thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much and thank you so much for sharing these conversations because i think the more you share you know the better this place gets so absolutely <laughs> thank you yeah thanks for tuning in Feel free to share your thoughts and feedback in the comment section. Do rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like the episode. Subscribe or hit follow Voice of Achievers on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Hubhopper, Spotify, Jio Seven, Gana, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Send us an email on editor at voiceofachievers dot com or find us. on voiceofachievers.com to share guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover don't forget to tune in next week again voice of achievers on epilog media